This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show. It is, of course, Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, welcome to Survival Saturday, Friday, Sunday, whatever day it is. Hello, Natalie. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. All the better for securing Premier League football again next season, Dave. Oh, yes. Felt good, didn't it, after that game on Monday night? Yeah, well, I don't think there was there were too many lingering worries really, but just getting that result, getting us over the line, and making it mathematically certain was uh, the result we wanted. And it does mean the last three games now we can uh, play with a little bit of freedom, hopefully, and uh, and see what the players can uh, can do. Hopefully, they'll do that and not be on the beach for the next three games. You know, we were talking about this in the analysis show during the week, though, Dave. It's a bit of a funny one, really, because. You want to, I want to get over those 40 points, really. That would be nice. And you want to finish as high up the table as you can just to maintain some competitiveness in the squad and, you know, finish on a high and get the prize money in as well. You know, that added prize money could be the difference between getting a player and not getting a player. But then at the same time, this has been a long hold slog of a season. And there's another part of me that kind of thinks I wouldn't. I wouldn't really begrudge these players just giving up, giving up now and saying, like, I'm done. And if they lose last three games of the season, I'm probably not going to lose that much sleep over it, to be honest. Having said that, they're going to be on uh, bonuses, I think, that will reflect where they finish in the table as well. So there's going to be incentives for them to oh, uh, is that a thing? get results. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's certainly tiered to say that the, the higher they come up, there's a, a presumably a bonus pot and they'll get a, a, a big percentage of that. I think it's very much geared that way because we don't pay the, the same wages that a lot of the sure. other uh, Premier yeah. League clubs do. And, of course, you can use that extra money to be able to pay those bonuses as well, can't you, that comes yeah. up in prize money? Yeah. yeah. No, I'd not really thought of that. I'd, I'd heard that there was some kind of bonus for staying up, but not not for finishing up the table. So that's exciting news. Um, well, we've got lots to talk about this week because obviously we are going to be previewing the first of those on the beach fixtures this weekend. Um, but before we get into that, Dave, we have a quiz question that you need to give your listeners an answer to. Um, 
At the end of the preview show, which was, of course, the Fulham game, we left our listeners with this very tricky question, which was, excluding any players who have played for Burnley since Sean Dyche took over as manager, who was the last Burnley player to score for the Clarets in a match against Fulham at Craven Cottage? <sighs> Ooh, tricky one, Dave. Why don't you put our listeners out of their misery? Right, well, if anyone said Alan Moore... Uh, then they would have been wrong. Um, ah. he, did, he did score for Fulham. Uh, that was an FA Cup tie uh, in 2003. Uh, we went on to win the replay. We drew 1-1. Uh, but that match was played at Loftus Road. We were very specific in the question to say that it was matched at Craven Cottage. So the correct answer is, in fact, Paul Cook. He scored the opening goal with a deflected free kick in a 3-1 defeat um, in September 2000. That was early on in our uh, first season, um, up after we'd been promoted under under Stan Turnant. And we did get a couple of correct answers. Oh, we did. Who were they then? Who got the answers right? I'd be impressed with these. Well, yes, cl- very clever people who uh, who realised that, that it, it wasn't um, Alan Moore and it was Paul Cook, if they'd gone back and looked at the games in particular. Uh, John Robertson knew. He was very uh, pleased himself, I think. Uh, and so did Adam Dennett. They were the only two who got Paul Cook as the correct answer. Good stuff. It is amazing how well these clever people can use a search engine, isn't it? Um, but, you know, well done them. <laughs> I don't think anybody from Nona never got it this week, did they? Tom's usually quite good at these ones, and I don't think he got it right this week either. That was a tricky question, Dave. No, I don't think so. I I didn't hear any uh, answers through, so I don't think so. Yeah, you're getting you're getting a bit you know strict in your in end of season. You know you're not letting people off lightly. Uh, we will of course let you have another quiz question to get to grips with at the end of the show. So do stay tuned, and we'll see whether or not young Dave is going to go easy on us by the end of the season. Opposition stats. Well, let's move on to exactly what we're here for, and that is, of course, previewing the Clarets' next Premier League fixture. Um, that is Leeds United at home, Saturday the 15th of May. It's 12.30 kickoff, live on BT Sport. So, Dave, why don't you kick us off with a recent hicks- recent history? I don't know what a history is, but why don't you give us that, please, Dave? <laughs> right. Uh, well, since the mid-1970s, uh, the two clubs have spent nine seasons together in the old second division, and more recently in the Championship. But this season is the first time since 1975-76 that both teams have met in the top flight, a gap of 45 years. So it'll be the first game in a lifetime for uh, quite a lot of our listeners, I would imagine, in the uh, top flight. Uh, certainly at Turf Moor, because we've already had the other game at uh, Ellen Road earlier in the season. Um, but looking back at the games played at Turf Moor between the two teams in the last decade, uh, there have been five championship games at Turf Moor, uh, as well as one in the League Cup. Let's get the worst out of the way first. Uh, we suffered defeats in the championship in seasons 2010-11, as well as in 2011-12. Uh, in addition, Leeds United were the visitors to Turf Moor in September 2017. That was in the Carabao Cup. Uh, that match remained goalless for 80 minutes, but a flurry of action in the last 10 made it 2-2 after 90 minutes. And with no further goals in extra time, the match had to be settled by spot kicks. Although the record book still categorised the result as a draw, it was Leeds United who progressed after winning 5-3 on penalties. However, Burnley are unbeaten. They've been unbeaten in the last three league games at Turf Moor against Leeds United, which were also at championship level. 
uh, all of which took place since Sean Dyche took over as manager. And we'll be featuring two of those matches later in this episode. But before that, there are a couple of other matches we're featuring in one of our regular sections. Oh, you're such a tease, Dave. Highlights and lowlights. Well, let's move on to those regular sections, please, because we are going on to our highlight and lowlight. So why don't you... Oh, we swap them around. We're starting with a lowlight. Oh, what's the lowlight, Dave? Right, well, in football, for every high, there are corresponding lows. And perhaps Burnley fans know this more than most. So for this week's lowlight, we've chosen a game from December of 2010. Uh, Despite Burnley being 2-0 up at half-time, thanks to Brian Easton's only goal for the club, remember him, uh, and another from Jay Rodriguez, uh, the lead was squandered during the second half, as Max Gradle, Luciano Beccio and Johnny Housen, with a late winner, completed a comeback for the visitors. Uh, Despite still being on the edge of the playoff place at Christmas, Manager Brian Laws departed later that month to be replaced shortly afterwards by Eddie Howe. But it wasn't until the appointment of Sean Dyche that we looked anything like ready for a return to the Premier League. And with with that, we had to be patient and wait until 2014 to achieve it. What a wait, though. It was worth it, Dave. It was worth it. Well, let's let's get rid of that little low light and let's finish on a high then. What's the highlight that you've picked? Yes, we got the low light out of the way first so we could concentrate on the highlight. And for our highlight this week, we've chosen Burnley's last top flight win over Leeds United at Turf Moor. We've mentioned already that it's 45 years since the two teams competed at this level. And the last top flight match at Turf Moor ended in a 1-0 win to Leeds United. That was in September 1975. But there was a memorable Burnley victory the season before that in September 1974. Although the visitors opened the scoring shortly before half-time through Peter Lorimer, second-half goals from Paul Fletcher and a Leighton James penalty put Burnley into the lead. There were also two red cards later in the second half, as Gordon McQueen and Ray Hankin were both sent off for fighting. Leeds United manager Brian Clough had been sacked two days prior to this match, after being in position for just 44 days, and it was Maurice Lindley who was in caretaker charge for this match. Jimmy Adamson, who would later go on to manage Leeds United between 1978 and 1980, was in the Burnley dugout. Although the new Bob Lord stand had been in use since February of 1974, this match also marked the ceremonial opening of the stand by former Prime Minister Ted Heath, who had been invited as a special guest by Chairman Bob Lord. Wow. Gosh, there's some memories in that one, Dave. Made me go all goose bimply. Fixture flashback! Um, well, let's move on then to our uh, Marmite <laughs> feature, which we've had for the second half of this season, which is, of course, the fixture flashback feature, which is your chance to get involved on the preview show. Um, Dave, take us away with this one. Well, yeah, each week we've been asking you to send a match day memory from a particular game from the past against our next opponents uh, for us to feature it on the relevant preview show. And this week we're pleased that we can feature another memory from regular listener Jan, who's been a mainstay of this feature during the second half of the season. So let's see what Jan has in store for us this time. When Leeds became Division One champions in 1968-69, they only lost two matches all season. One of those was at Turf Moor, and this is my memorable match. Relations between the two clubs at the time were quite fractious, both off the field with Bob Lord at loggerheads with the Leeds Board of Directors, and on the field, 
where Leeds employed an over-vigorous physical approach. The Clarets weren't short of their own hard men, like Gordon Harris, Andy Lockett and Brian O'Neill, and this led to some tasty clashes. By the time of this game, Burnley were in the middle of a great eight-match winning streak, with a very youthful lineup. Leeds just couldn't catch the likes of Dave Thomas, Ralph Coates and Steve Kinden. For me, the most memorable moment came with Frank Casper's delightful chip over the stranded Leeds keeper Gary Sprague, which rounded off the scoring. Oh, by the way, did I mention the score? It was Burnley 5, Leeds 1. More of the same this weekend, please. Well, I think we can all echo those sentiments, and with safety already guaranteed, hopefully the players can take to the pitch on Saturday and express themselves. Uh, There were also a couple of written submissions we had this week. Uh, We had Hearts Clarets on Twitter, who'd uh, responded when we posted this up, and said that in 1983, uh, he and his brother went to Nelson and got on the train to visit his gran in Morecambe. Uh, They pulled into Burnley Central Station, uh, and the platform was full of Leeds fans. Uh, so the colours were very quickly located into their bags before the train stopped. Very wise move. Mm. Um, and our very own Tom Whitaker, he chipped in with his, his uh, memory as well. Um, he's still got his programme from the uh, the 2006 game, uh, which has teeth marks in it. Um, he was chewing it nervously while David Healy teed up a last-minute free kick. And if it's the game <laughs> I'm thinking of, um, although he had scored before that, he didn't convert the free kick and Burnley won 2-1. I think that's uh, that's right. That's the right game. Excellent stuff. Well, there's only a couple more matches left for us to preview after this one. And we do really, really want to fill those with some memories, please, because it's so much fun to hear from you guys. Um, Dave, you know, there must be some way that, I'll, you know, there must be some memories that our listeners can particularly can think of. And, you know, why don't you give us a final sales pitch before the end of the, the podcast? Well, yes, there are just two matches left that we're going to preview um, after we've played uh, Leeds United. Uh, We've got Liverpool at home, and for that match in particular, um, I'm thinking about uh, maybe a certain FA Cup tie with a a memorable Mm. own goal perhaps that people might remember, might have their memories of uh, of that particular match. And then also after that, we've got Sheffield United away. It's not been the uh, happiest of hunting grounds for Burnley fans over the seasons. But as we know with this feature, it isn't just about the match and the results. It can be other things going on in the game as well. So we want to hear about those. Uh, Please do get in touch and get your contribution heard. Uh, You can uh, direct messages on Twitter. That's at Never, Or you can send us an email, podcast at knownanever.net. And although we're more than happy to read out written submissions, we do particularly enjoy hearing the recordings. Uh, We've mentioned this before, but the easiest website to use to record your thoughts and send us an audio link is vocaroo.com. That's V-O-C-A-R-O-O.com, which is free to use, no registration required. And those listeners who have um, got in touch with us, most of them have used that. It's really easy to use. So we do really like to uh, hear your memories and get them on the show before the end of the season. Excellent. Heroes and villains. Moving on then to the next of our features, we have got my favourite, which is, of course, our hero and villain for this fixture. So kick us off, Dave, with who you've picked as our hero. Uh, Well, our hero this week is a player who's scored in a couple of Burnley's recent home wins over Leeds United. 
Uh, as well as grabbing the winner in a 2-1 victory in March 2014, he also scored the only goal in a 1-0 win in April 2016. Uh, and both those wins were important as they helped the Clarets on the way to promotion back to the Premier League in both of those seasons. Uh, the player, in case you hadn't guessed yet, was Scott Arfield. Um, he was a free transfer to Burnley in the summer of 2013, following his release by Huddersfield Town. Uh, the goals, if you're interested, and re, uh, uh, recap those, um, were as follows. In 2014, uh, Ben Mee's low cross on the left edge of the box bobbled to Scott Arfield, whose left-footed shot from near to the penalty spot was blocked, but came straight back for him to control and fire in low with his right foot. Uh, and then for 2016, uh, Sam Vokes rose to beat Sol Bamba in an aerial challenge and nodded the ball to Andre Gray, who set up Scott Arfield to hit a low shot and find a gap packed Marco Silvestri after just 58 seconds. That was the only goal of the game and Burnley won 1-0. So for scoring winning goals in two recent home matches against Leeds United, who else could we have chosen but Scott Arfield as our hero this week? Absolutely. Um, what about the villain then? Who have we? Oh my lord, is this gone rogue? Who have you picked as our villain, Dave? I've just seen um, photo listeners. Uh-oh. Well, th- there's probably a case to be made for a long list of former Leeds United players to be considered as our villain for this episode, and I'm sure that in particular some of our older listeners will be able to mention some names who would have been strong candidates. However, several of the Leeds players of the golden era of the 1960s and 70s are no longer with us. During the past 18 months, they've mourned the deaths of Peter Lorimer, Jack Charlton and Norman Hunter, to name but three. Um, In addition, there are other players like Gordon McQueen who are suffering from dementia. So I'm going to draw a line in the metaphorical sand and won't be nominating a villain on this occasion. Uh, So let's let bygones be bygones and see if we can have a good game on Saturday without any of the bad blood that existed between the two teams in years past. Dave... Well, that was a that was a shocker. You went rogue, but good rogue. I like it. I like this. It is, you know, it is lead so you know. But okay, we like that one. Excellent. Um, referee, then, please, Dave. Who's going to be officiating in the middle and at Stockley Park, please? Uh, we've got Graham Scott of Abingdon. He's going to be the man in the middle for the Roses match this Saturday. Uh, Burnley have won five of the last six matches. He's refereed at Turf Moor. Although the defeat was the uh, embarrassing exit to non-league Lincoln City in the FA Cup fifth round in February 2017. Uh, this will be his third Burnley match this season. That's following on from our win at Arsenal in December and also our defeat at Chelsea at the end of January. Um, overall, we've won eight, drawn three and lost seven of the 18 previous games he's taken charge of. And all three of the red cards he's shown in these games have been to opposition players. Uh, VAR, uh, Darren England has been tasked with the duties of the video assistant referee at Stockley Park, which, as we know, involves deciding if someone can really be a covering defender if they're lying on the floor while their goalkeeper comes out of his box and handles the ball. Good stuff. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I don't think I want to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve deep into those pockets and let our listeners have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. 
Uh, well, yeah, this week's stat is not so much a stat this week, but more of an editor's ramble, as I try to summarise the club's recent achievements and put them into perspective. Um, the victory at Craven Cottage on Monday evening not only confirmed Fulham's relegation, meaning they'll be spending next season back in the Championship, along with Sheffield United and West Brom, but it also meant that many opposition fans' worst nightmares have come true, and Burnley will be spending a sixth consecutive season in the top flight. In this era of super teams bankrolled by billionaires, the fact that a town team can reach the Premier League and stay there for as long as we have remains a minor miracle and is an achievement which should never be underestimated. With experience, the lows, seven long seasons in the fourth division in the late 1980s and early 1990s also included a last-day escape in 1987. And after 33 long years away from the top flight, recent seasons have been much kinder to us. Since promotion in 2009, we are now getting ready for our eighth Premier League campaign. And among our brief returns back to the Championship during the last decade, we've also enjoyed two marvellous promotion seasons as well. As a selected few of us prepare to return to Turf Moor for the last home game of the season, with hopefully a lot more of us able to be there at the start of next season, we should look back with pride, as well as looking forward to what the rest of the 2020s holds for the future of Burnley Football Club. Oh, Dave, you, you've got a bit sentimental this week. I like, don't get me wrong, I like it, but I think I think uh, safety of, of that win over Fulham's put you in a, a rosy, happy happy place. I like it. Um, well, we do have a opposition view for you before Dave and I talk about our thoughts ahead of the game. We spoke to George from El Loco for Leeds to get his thoughts ahead of the game. Opposition view. Hello there, no nay never. Thanks very much for having me on. My name is George from El Loco for Leeds. Um, I think Burnley, really. I mean, it's a bit of a dead rubber of a match, this. Both teams' um, fates are sealed for the season, really. It's only a matter of where, you know, where we're going to finish in this season. It's... um, yeah, fates are sealed for both teams. We've obviously had a fantastic season, sitting in 10th. Uh, you know, I'd have taken where you are, to be fair, at this moment in 17th, uh, if it meant staying up. But we've we've gone on way beyond that, and we've had a brilliant season. Well, you know what we're going to get with Burnley? Uh, 4-4-2, you've got some dangerous men, like I say, some big players, some big blokes in there, uh, caused um, problems from free kicks and corners, which... At the time we played it in December, we were really struggling with. But over the last months, recent months, we have really tightened up. Not just from corner kicks and free kicks, but from general defensive play as a whole. And one of the reasons for that is the um, is the new signing Diego Urente coming back into the squad, uh, into the starting eleven after an injury. He's really. Um, just brought some real class to the defence. Pascal Strauch at the back as well, partnering him. Absolutely brilliant. And on Saturday against Spurs last week, we were absolutely fantastic. Uh, brilliant result. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, Chris Wood, obviously, like I said, he's on form. He is the danger man for you guys. Absolute danger man. Hat-trick against Wolves. Uh, great, and then he got a goal as well, didn't he, against West Ham? Who knows? Like I say, you're playing this evening. He might get another goal or two. Uh, he's really on form. 
ex-Leeds player. He's going to be wanting to prove something. And he's a danger. He's a real danger for us. And, you know, it's all about how we marshal him, you know, and how we keep, you know, keep him quiet. Uh, I, I do believe it'll be a good battle. So sort of maybe Diego Llorente against Chris Wood. Uh, that might be the one to watch out for. The starting 11 read as follows. Melier in goal, Ailing at right back, Urente and Strauch at centre back. Left back will be Alioski. So he's dangerous going forward. Um, you know, he is a little bit uh, suspect uh, defensively. So that may well be um, a position where Burnley focus on and try and and exploit really because he is definitely the weakest link out of that back line at the moment. Uh, in the CDM role, of course, it'll be a 4 1 4 1 formation. Phillips will be back, like I say, I believe Bielsa will put Phillips back in. Then on the right side, there will be a change, I believe, and a second change, and it'll be Rafina that starts this one again. Um, and I do think that. Dallas will come into the middle in the, in the centre mid, centre attacking mid uh, roles. He's a brilliant player, uh, you know, and he will partner Matthias Click. Uh, and then on the left side will be Jack Harrison. And then up front, obviously, will be Bamford. I mean, that leads me finally onto the, uh, onto the prediction, doesn't it? Um, I think we're going to beat you here. Uh, in fact, yeah, I'm fairly confident of it. Um, and I'm going to say 2-1 leads. So that's it um, from me. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me on, guys, at uh, No No Nay Never. Uh, all the best of luck for um, the remainder of the season after Saturday and for next season as well. Um, you know, and yeah, have a good uh, have a good one. Enjoy it. Thanks a lot. What are you thinking, Dave? Do we really care? I suppose we've got to get ourselves excited. But, uh, you know, I, I guess two questions for you. Do you care what the result will be? And what do you think the result will be? Two very specific questions for you there, Dave. Uh, yes, I care what the result would be. I don't I don't want us going into a game and not wanting to win. And particularly playing a team like Leeds United, we don't want to be um, handing them the points. They've had a really, really good season, done really well. But maybe they're tailing off a little bit now. Maybe they're... Uh, Settled in mid-table, they're not really going to get a, a run for European places, so uh, they've not got too much to play for either. Um, but I think, yeah, the pressure's off a little bit now. I think we um, we have had times this season where it has shown a little bit, the, the fact that we have been in the position we've been in. We obviously had the poor start to the season, two points from seven games is well documented, um, and we did struggle to get ourselves out of that, but we did do that, but even... Even though we did that, we never got ourselves away from trouble. Whereas now, we know we're mathematically safe. We've got three games to play. It's very rare in the Premier League for, for relegated teams to be confirmed so early on with three games to play. So it's a bit of a unique situation, but an opportunity for the Burnley players to go out there and express themselves and uh, hopefully get a good result on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think the result will be then? Um, I think we're going to win. I think we might struggle to get a clean sheet, but I think it might be a 2-1 win. I was going to go two one as well. Chris Wood and yes. Chris ben Wood and ben James Tarkovsky. No, Ben Me. Every week, I'm just going to keep guessing Ben Me is going to score until he does, and then I'll be like, "See, I told you, I was right. I predicted Ben Me was going to win." No, I also think two one as well. I think a clean sheet will be very difficult because Bamford's bound to blooming score against us because he always does. Um, 
just because we hate him. Um, and yeah, they're they're a strong attacking side, and if we haven't quite got the energy to to and the desire and and the impetus to stop them, then we might find ourselves conceding. But I think we're going to win as well. I'm going to say two one. So listeners, let us know what you think the result will be. Uh, you can tweet us at known and ever, or you can email us at podcast at knownandever.net. We want to know the score, scorers, and how they scored those goals. Please let us know. We'll be interested. Um, what, are our inju- what are our injury concerns ahead of the game, Dave? Has that been announced yet? Uh, well, the press conference hasn't been... Uh, we haven't had that yet. I think that'll probably be on Thursday, although obviously by the time this goes out, then it will have been... Um, uh, we'll know the information from that. Uh, but as far as we know, it's the same situation. So uh, Robbie Brady uh, is still out, as is Kevin Long, but the rest of the, the squad seems to be um, fit and ready. And we had all four strikers involved, didn't we? We had two starting mm-hmm. the game and two came on as substitutes at Fulham. So we've got all our uh, four strikers available and... Uh, firing on all cylinders which is a a rare situation this season really yeah definitely well happy days fingers crossed let's see how they get on fantasy premier league update okay dave so let's move straight on to the second half of this week's show and of course we are looking at our much loved and highly competitive none and ever fpl now we're in the middle of game week 35 aren't we so we can't bring a league update so dave what on earth are we going to do this week for our fpl update please uh, well, yeah, we are in the middle. It's uh, unfortunate the way it's panned out. The fixtures go right through until uh, Thursday. The um, FPL website doesn't update until sometime on Friday. So in order to get this out for people to listen to, um, we've got a stopgap. We've got a, a special guest who's joining us this week. We have indeed. As we mentioned at the outset of our show, we like to bring you in our managers the ones who are doing very very well and this week we are delighted to welcome to the podcast sean danaher who is our current fpl leader sean welcome welcome back to the non ever podcast you've been on before haven't you yeah second time so last time i think last time was one in, in the middle of one of these sort of colossal game weeks that are literally weeks so yeah no it's, uh, it's nice to be back thank you for having me again appreciate it Oh, definitely. It's nice of you to join us. I'm always very much in awe of our managers who come in, the ones who are at the top, because I am quite frankly useless at FPL, as Dave likes to tell me every single week. And I think a few weeks ago, we had um, Adam on, who was our leader at the time. And he was scathing. He literally said to me, he was like, Natalie, just concentrate on next season. It'll be fine. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's really harsh. So we obviously can't give our listeners game week 35 information. So... We just wanted to have a quick chat with you and just get some hints and tips for our listeners and just get some inspiration for how they can be in your position next season and hopefully how you feel about winning this year. So I guess let's start at the very beginning. Um, how do you think your season's gone so far? Pretty well, I would expect. Um, yeah, I mean, just dreamland and it's it's just a bubble that's never burst, really. I think it's just been... There's an age-old debate, isn't there, in fantasy football with sort of skill versus luck? And I think I've just... I think I've had the luck this year and the skill has just been making decisions that you can kind of justify whether they work or they don't. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been really good. I think after the project restart, I was I was furloughed at the end of last season, so I started taking the game a lot more seriously. Um, and that kind of bled into into this year. So, yeah, just currently top 10,000, I think, in the world. That's what I've got. Oh, wow. Out of 8 million teams, so it's... It's. Uh, I, I kind of want the season to end now and, and the leagues to kind of stay where they are. <laughs> and, 
Once Burnley got those no, three this... points the other night, that was that was it. It's like right, I'm done with this now. I just want, I want yeah, I'm done. We're done with the season all the way. FPL in the season. Can we just end it now? Then everybody's on a high. Um, well, obviously, I don't know whether or not you will have an answer to this, really, given that you've already alluded to the fact that you might have had a little bit of a look this season. But you know, do you have any specific tactics or, I guess, strategy? I guess particularly in in light of these magical beans that I like to call them, the bonus chips. You know, do you have a tried and tested method that you do? at least try to follow um so the 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 the, the policy with my team that's got me through was was operation have five budget defenders and play whichever three have the best game that week um which i admit needs a snappier title um but i think that's what did it and then just i put all my money into into the forwards i think as the season's gone on i don't know in terms of strategy i think I've currently got no Man City players. I've given up with Pep Roulette and and trying to the guessing games of which team he's going to put out. We're starting to see that with Chelsea players as well. Um, so the Chelsea versus Arsenal game, I've been stung there because Rudiger's not playing. Um, so yeah, I think in terms of the chips as well, I think it's holding them as long as you can. And I think I think the chips. This sounds a bit corny, but tell you when to play them. Almost, I think, and yeah. there's always that urge. It's like having a toy that you want to. You want to play with? I think it's just resisting and just kind of waiting for the right moment, and then feeling that it's that it's right. So, yeah, that's that's where we've gone so far. Again, it's just been one of those things of every time I've had a fifty-fifty decision to make or a coin toss, it's just I've just really gotten lucky with it. I think it's the skill. I think is narrowing it down to that fifty-fifty choice. I think that's yeah, again, yeah. That's that's a good point, actually. You see, Dave, you take the mic out of me every single week, but Sean's basically just said that the chips tell you when to play them. I told you they were magic beans. There's some kind of weird thing that I'm not a party to with these things. Um, hilariously, when you're saying, Sean, about holding on to those chips as long as you can, still having them all with three games to go, that's probably not the best <laughs> tactic. Oh, You know, just I'm just saying. You have all three got, with, three, with the games. Like yeah, I don't know what they do, so I just leave them and forget about them. And listen, I mean, there's a reason why I'm at the bottom. You're at the point now where you can press anything, really. I think I think it'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, I'll probably do that at the end of the season. I've probably got about 45 different transfers that I can just bring in a whole new team and I'll just press anything and just see. As long as I don't finish bottom. Because I think, did I finish bottom last year? I don't think I did, did I? Did I finish one off I don't the think bottom? you did, no. 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 So my aim this season was to do better than last season. But next season's aim is to actually listen to all of our guests when they come on who give me these really <laughs> good tips and, and actually start using them. I'm very impressed with you all. Um so throughout the course of the season, have you had any Burnley players in your squad? And and if so, which ones and why? Um, so Mr. Loughton. Uh so Matt Loughton, oh, okay. I, and I'm not joking, I brought him I brought him in the week before he scored the goal at Crystal Palace. So again, nice. I mean like and what was that his first Premier League goal for Burnley? And again, that's that look thing. So the yeah. second I brought him in, he banged this goal and I think he got a 12, 15 point in that game. Just Absolutely insane. And again, the age-old FPL debate of form and fixtures or form versus fixtures. I brought in Chris Wood for the last few weeks or the week before. Um, and then obviously the, the 20 points that he got for Wolves with that with that hat-trick and I think the one assist as well. That just is such a differential because nobody owns him. He's like 3% owned or 4% owned or whatever it might be. Wow. Like a real yeah. alternative to in the same sort of price bracket as people like Bamford and Antonio. Um, I had Dwight for a little spell as well, um, but I had to, had to kind of move him on in the end when um, 
who did I bring in for that? Jotter, I think, when he came back. So, yeah, they've been in and out. They've been in and out. I'd like to have three. I'd like to have three in permanently. Pope, I think, started the season out with as well. But yeah. um, the form of Emmy Martinez at Villa was just too good to ignore, unfortunately. So, but yeah, currently, currently Chris Wood is uh, is doing the business for me. So, yeah, that's 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 nice when you when when he scores a goal, and not only is it for Burnley, but it's also for your FPL team. That's uh, that's true. <laughs> that's magic. Yeah. yeah, he's doing the business for all of us. For yeah, all of us, he's, he's, he yeah. Night, give the guy a knighthood. Um, well. Dave's put in our script that clearly for the rest of us, and I suspect this might be aimed at me, but clearly for the, for the rest of me, um, it's far too late for this season. Um, but what do you think we should be doing now to prepare for next season, if anything? That's quite a good, tricky question, that, Dave. But I like where you're going with it. It is. I think I think what's really quite invaluable is maybe looking back at where we are now and knowing what we know now and looking at the start of the season and who was in that team your first game week. And I mean... Mind, I don't think I've any surviving players left. So I think in my first week there was, I think Aubameyang was in there. Who's who's had a bit of a shocker all all season. There was, I think he had Greenwood who didn't play for the first three or four weeks. They completely dropped him. So my honest answer would be nothing. I think I think we've got the Euros as well. The season's you know really compacted, um, and I think it's those. I think you know in terms of keeping chips as long as they can. Maybe that's a bit of a lie. I think it's probably it's getting the best eleven players you can or the best squad you can, and then maybe think about an early wild card. I think normally what happens is we sort of get that international break around September time. I think. Yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. always a good place to play that and just kind of bring your team in line. Having seen the first few weeks of the season, but yeah, yeah. if I look at my game week one team, there's 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 almost no one left. I think if many serves. My game week one team is very easy to see because it's still my game. Well, there's one or two tweaks. Well, there's uh, so yeah, what do you call them? Zombie teams. I think there's um there are sort of leagues for that as well of setting a team at the start of the season and seeing how they do. Oh, I'm absolutely winning that league, the zombie league. There you go, Dave. Let's have a look at that for the next feature. (laughs) Where am I in the zombie league? Um, I think I think I did make one change because. Um, I had a, a really fraught message one Saturday morning from uh, Dave, from producer Matt and um, and Dave, who both said, "Bromley, will you please sign on to your FPL because you've got like six players who aren't playing." I yeah. was like, "Really? What's this?" And I couldn't even remember my password. Like I'd signed on, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, they've been injured for a while. I'll get rid of them." And I think was it about four weeks ago, Dave, that I suddenly somebody it might have been Adam actually who told me that you get some transfers, like free transfers, and you don't have to, because I've not even brought players in and out. So yeah, they're, they're definitely things I'm going to look at next season. So I guess the last question from me, uh, Sean, is, you know, for, for players like me who do enjoy it, but are very prone to lose interest when I'm clearly at the bottom, going to be at the bottom all season, you know, what is it about FPL that can keep you interested and just get you excited and, and keep you going all season if you know you're not going to win it? Um, I, I think mini leagues. I think is the answer. So I think you know one of the reasons I, I, I joined yours was I think I put something out right at the at the start of the season. I think there's there's certain amounts. I think there's twenty, and then there's public head to head leagues, and then there's um, then there's like a cup round that starts. So I think it's mini leagues because while you might not be having such a good time in one, you might be in another, and you could just yeah. maybe set one up with one of your friends at work or two or three people, and maybe that that keeps it competitive. And I've got some with you know lads who I play five aside with. So I think I think mini leagues the answer. I think that's what really can drive it week in, week out. And you know, not every player's gonna look at their overall and where they are out of eight million teams and probably not a lot of fun in that. And that's why probably why you see so many sort of zombie teams and yeah. <laughs> people giving up. So yeah, I think mini leagues would be the answer to that one. 
That's what I'm going to set up a mini league for me and my cat, and then I think we'll definitely come second <laughs> in that league. Mini leagues you can fix. I'll take. Yeah, and then put money on it. Put money on it as well. So I, if you know you're going to win, then look at that. Quids in. Yeah, quids in. I, at this moment in time, I'm not entirely sure that I would beat my cat at fantasy football, but you never know. We'll give it a try. Um, are you confident then you're going to hang on for three weeks and get the title this year, the Nona Never champion? Comes with a sticker. It's very the exciting. actual sticker. It, right, okay. It actually does come with a prize. We have a budget for a prize for the winner. Really? So you will get, yeah, yeah, yeah. We send a prize out to the winner. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is because it will spoil the surprise. But right. for ages, for ages, producer Matt didn't tell me we had a budget for one. And I used to just say we were sending out stickers and people were like, yeah, they're a bit naff. They're cool stickers though. They are good stickers. Okay, maybe and Dave was like, I didn't mention stickers. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. there's a budget. Oh, right, stickers. Okay. Sticker. Stickers, but we've got loads. I think we did one as a Kickstarter campaign ages ago. We've got, we had about 500 stickers and we've still got them. And they're great. They're ace. But Dave was, uh, producer Matt was like, Bromley, there is a budget for a prize. So actually, yes, if you win, you're going to get a, you're going to get a prize. So do you think then, with that maybe slightly added incentive, that you can hang on and be our champion this year? Well, with added incentive, it's added pressure. And I don't know. I mean, I've, oh. been, I've, been, I've been close to buckling for the last, like, three three months. So, I mean, no. in all kinds of ways. And I think, I think there's, <laughs> there's a few more twists and turns. Obviously, this and – again, and again, I've said it for so long. I just want this season to end. I think, you know, in terms of not just FPL, I think in terms of, you know, None of us have really had a good year. None of us have particularly enjoyed the season. We're all probably feeling homesick. Um, we all want to get yeah. back on that on that on that stadium. And and I think yeah, I think we'll we'll see how we go for the last three weeks. I'm, I'm I've got a plan. I'm going to stick to the plan. Ooh. Justify the plan and the decisions I've made. It's whether again, if those coin tosses are um, come up my favour, then then I can't see any reason why not. But again, it, <laughs> I've done the I've done the skill, but I think now it's just now it's just look whether I stay there. I think. Oh, well, we do wish you all the very best. I would love Thank to crown you champion. That would be amazing. Um, Dave, to help uh, Sean and our other FPL managers, the second feature that we do with our FPL is, of course, the opposition three to watch, where you pick the top three players from our next opponents um, based on their fantasy Premier League points. So who are we watching out for this week? Uh, well, we've got our top three uh, Leeds United scorers. We've got Patrick Bamford. Uh, former Burnley player, of course. He's their top scorer. Had a very good season. Scored, I think, 15 Premier League goals. Um, he's got 175 points. And they've got a, quite a few assists as well and bonus points. Uh, Stuart Dallas is in second with 158 points. And it's goalkeeper Ilan Melier with 147. So uh, all three, I think, have been pivotal to Leeds United's season. Uh, first season back in the top flight for uh, after a gap of 16 seasons. Uh, and I think we'd probably expect to see all three of those in their starting lineup on Saturday. Do you have any of those players in your team, Sean? I have Dallas. Um, so I have Stuart Dallas. I think it's going to be... Um, and again, this coin toss at the minute is is whether or not to bring in Bamford, but it's, it's whether I commit the sin and doing that and bringing him in against Burnley. So I definitely have one. We're safe point. now, it's fine. Oh, well, listen, well, well listen, then, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Cut, cut us loose, you yeah, know what? Yeah, I mean, you know, Burnley is safe now, you know, you, you've got to concentrate, you've got to, you've got to be selfish, Sean. Cut us loose, you know, do what you need to do to get that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a really good one. Um well, obviously, with just a handful of games now, there's just three left. There's not really much time left to use your tactics wisely. Dave, there's so much shade in this script, can I just say? There's so many digs at me that I keep reading these things. <laughs> there isn't much time to use your tactics wisely to help improve your position. 
But there is still time. You've got to finish as high as you possibly can. Let's not get on the beach, guys. Let's finish strongly. Um, because, of course, the race for the coveted non and ever FPL champion title seems destined to go right to the final game week. And we're going to keep you updated in the remaining preview shows we have left before the end of the season. Statman Dave's quiz question. Now, just before we wrap up this week's episode, we've, of course, got a quiz question to give you. Dave, what are you setting our listeners this week? Okay, this week's quiz question is uh, related to Leeds United. Uh, Sean Dyche has been manager for three Burnley home wins over Leeds United in the Championship at Turf Moor. Uh, Scott Arfield scored the winning goal in two of these games, but which Burnley player scored the winner in the other game? Ooh, toughie. Well, how do our listeners submit their answers, please, Dave? Uh, yeah, you can get in touch with us to let us know your answers using any of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's so no one else sees your answer. That's at no near never. Uh, you can email us, podcast at no near never dot net. Or you can also reply to the post for this preview show, which go up on either the no near never Facebook page or on YouTube. And we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show. Excellent. I think I've got an idea who this will be, but I will let Dave know off air. Um, okay, wrapping up then, Dave. We, I think we've got a little bit of community news and any other business we, we've got, haven't we? I think there's uh, there's obviously, first of all, the news about the Burnley fans at the Liverpool game. That's happened this week. Yeah, that happened after we recorded last week. I think as the um, uh, episode uh, for the Fulham game went live, uh, the announcement had just been made. Uh, as we know now, three and a half thousand Burnley fans will be able to attend our last home game of the season against Liverpool. Uh, and by the time this show airs, uh, the lucky winners of the free tickets from the ballot will probably know who they are. So uh, that'll be interesting for us all to look out for, those of us who were uh, were in the ballot for that. I know we're keeping our fingers crossed and many of our listeners will be in the same position. Yeah, definitely. I think all of Team None and Ever have all got their fingers crossed, as has Sean as well on, on the site as well. Um, well, our other bit of community news, um, obviously we, we, we've had Sean on uh, as our current leader of the, F, of the FPL League, but we can't let him go without giving him a chance to speak to you about another cause very close to his heart, because Sean is the kitchen and food back manager for BFC in the community. Um, Sean, do you want to just give a, our listeners a quick summary of where you're up to with the food banks and the um, community kitchen and how they can get involved should they want to yeah absolutely thank you so the first thing i want to make absolutely clear is that i am not spending my time at work making fpl transfer decisions <laughs> but I'm, I'm serving the club and the charity and the community um fpl is completely outside of that that's not why i'm top of that league and um, but yeah so um i mean we're really busy i mean there's just no way around it we we sort of thought with the end of and the easing of restrictions and lockdown, we might start seeing a decline in the, the demand for food parcels, the demand for help, but it's just, it's going the other way. So I think now more than ever, we'd, we'd you know, a bit of a rallying call for, for everyone in the community if, if they do want to help out. There's ways of doing that. The public facing areas of the kitchen are now open. Um, and from Monday the 17th, people will be able to come in and sit down and, and, and have a brew, have a nice, cup, you know, nice cake, nice, uh, nice half nice pie and peas and all that good stuff. There's a club shop as well, so you can support us by coming in. We've got lots of um, Burnley merchandise, lots of Burnley stock um, that people can come in buy, and that will go directly back into, into helping out in the food bank as well. Um, if people a bit further afield want help, there's the Just Giving page I can point people towards. Uh, you mm -hmm. can become a food bank friend where you make a regular donation that goes towards helping families and, and people who need our services. 
Um, and if anyone's interested in volunteering, drivers, I need to. I want to build a fleet. I'm trying, I'm trying to get an army of drivers together to help us not just distribute food, but, but bring in as well. Um, and I point to the website. There's there's all my contact details on there. Um, if anyone's free and, and, and has some time and would like to help out. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, no producer, Matt, will will get all of that information out on social media when we, we publish the preview show. And it's just an, an amazing cause. I think just before Project Restart, before we went into first lockdown, I think uh, John Robinson had lined up the Nona Never team to, to be at the ground when you were doing donations with the bins at the ground. Um, so as soon as that's allowed again, we'll be one of the first teams out there. So you can come along and meet the known and ever team and uh, and help us to try and uh, and generate some donations for the food bank but like i say we'll put on social media in the meantime what you can be doing until such time we get back to the turf and, and you can you know physically uh, donate there so sean thank you so much for letting us go on and, and fingers crossed we'll be able to get some some help um which is sounds like it's much needed and support the community that we all know and love so well um that's everything we've got time for this week then my thanks as ever go to everybody who's contributed this week to the making of the preview show um to jan for yet another match day memory for our fixture flashback feature um to george from el loco Feliz for providing us with an opposition view to turf Moore stadium announcer dominic walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements to sean for joining us and giving us all of those hints and tips for a successful fpl campaign and um, producer matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out there but finally to dave roberts for just the phenomenal amount of work he puts in in researching and putting together the preview show um is an absolute superstar and the preview show is his baby we wouldn't be here unless he put in that effort so thank you dave um my final thanks go to you the listener for downloading and listening to this episode your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you um the rest of the team will be back next tuesday with um and the analysis show looking back at this week's weekend's fixture against leeds and hopefully um looking at another three points to take us over that magic 48 point um in the meantime stay well stay safe if anybody is struggling the non and ever lines are always open if you want to have a chat um football or otherwise you can tweet us at non and ever or you can drop us an email become pen pals we usually respond to emails so don't don't be alone get in touch if you want somebody to talk to um this is everything we've got time for so i've been natalie bromley this has been the preview show brought to you by the non and ever podcast until next time The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.